All of a sudden, I got hit with this wave of racking sobs. And again, for those of you who are actors, you can hopefully sympathize with me. Like, yes, that's the moment that you want. You want to have that moment where you just break down crying, but in, in a real way, not where you're forcing yourself to make yourself cry. And when that scene was done, I felt so much joy of, I can do this. I'm Lee Foster. You're listening to Action, the no-bullshit podcast dedicated to the pursuit of acting excellence. This episode is an interview with my friend Nelson Rittaller about his experience attending a summer intensive, which is a condensed acting conservatory experience where students are in class all day, six days a week for six weeks straight. The school he attended did not sponsor this episode. This is an honest, unbiased view. Enjoy this episode. All right. Nelson Rithaller. What's up, man? How you doing, Lee? Good. Why don't you start with who you are? Tell the audience like who you are, how long you've been acting, what kind of jobs you've booked, etc. Well, like you said, my name is Nelson Rithaller. I am 26 years old from the Twin Cities in Minnesota, so Minneapolis and St. Paul. I am an actor model here, and I have been doing it now for probably about a year and a half, maybe a year and some change, and represented by agencies here and also in Fargo, North Dakota, and Des Moines, Iowa, so a few different states in the Midwest, and primarily what I audition for is commercial work here in the Twin Cities, and I have found some film work as well, and the big update for me this year in my life in terms of acting is being able to study in New York, which is what we'll be talking about today, my time at the Atlantic. And it's definitely been a growing process of learning more of what it means to be an actor, what it means to have a career in acting and how to pursue that. But it's going well and continuing to looking to take the next step, take the bigger step in terms of markets and learning and how to book more work. So it's been a fun ride. And you're married? I am married. My wife and I have been married for almost four years now next week, and we are also homeowners in St. Paul. And before you went to this summer intensive in New York, you had a full-time job. Yeah, I did. So right when I got married in 2013, that winter of 2014, starting in January, I actually started a grad school master's degree program in marriage and family therapy. I have my master's degree in marriage and family therapy, I was a practicing therapist for about a year and a half before I went to New York, and I was mixing that with auditions. Good thing about being a therapist is you can set your own schedule, so I was able to have that flexibility to still attend auditions and do the work that I booked while also still having that career. So I am a therapist along with being an actor. So most of the people who listen to this podcast and myself have done training. I've done a, a lot of training for acting. All of my training, because I didn't go to college for it, was taking one or two classes at a time that would be once a week for a few hours. I'm assuming that's what most of the audience has done. So you did something, you experienced something very, very different to that. Yeah. So what happened was this summer I was able to go to New York, but prior to that, actually, a lot of my training looked very similar to what yours or most of your listeners would look like. I have done some commercial acting training. I took a couple classes in that. I've done some private coaching here in the Twin Cities, which I found really helpful. That was two summers ago, so I did probably two months of private coaching with an acting teacher here. And what had happened was eventually I realized if I want to 
if I want to be a good actor, if I want to give myself a shot at doing this for real, I needed more training. I needed more than just some studio training. I needed more than what I felt maybe the Twin Cities could offer in terms of the quality or the level of training that I was looking for. And through a friend of mine, actually, Lee, that you recommended I talk to, he had attended something called the Summer Intensive at the Atlantic Acting School in New York City in previous years. And I got to talking to him about it and he told me about the experience and it really got me curious because it sounded like a really compact way to experience life in a conservatory training experience without committing two to three years of your life to living in a different city or essentially going back to school. So it got me curious and that led me to the website, Atlantic's website, finding out their audition dates. And by happenstance, my wife, who was in sales, had a trade show in New York. So I was able to set up an audition with The Atlantic, with Chris Booth, who is the director of admissions at The Atlantic. We did the, the audition back in February. And a couple of weeks later, I got my letter of acceptance. And that was a big moment because taking six weeks off of your job is usually not something that's possible. And leaving my spouse for six weeks, leaving home for six weeks, all of that stuff really came to a reality of, of is this something that my wife and I want to do? Is it something that we can do? Is it feasible? And that began the process of research and figuring out what is it going to take to make this happen. So yeah, that sounds like a huge decision to make. What kind of research did you have to do? What did you do to finally decide to go? I think the first thing that we did was start with the financial aspect of it because the program was, I think, $3,750, $3,750 for the tuition. And that was just the base tuition price. It didn't include airlines or where I was going to stay in New York or, or weekly groceries or subway, whatever have you, all the expenses. That was just the baseline start and crunching those numbers and then thinking about what it would be like to leave my job for six weeks. Is that even a possibility? And it was a big conversation to talk about what would it be like to be away from my spouse for six weeks? How would she handle that? How would I handle that? What sort of terms could we negotiate on that of, of what is it going to take to make this happen? Because as soon as I got the acceptance letter, there's nothing more that I wanted than to spend my summer in New York studying acting in New York City, which is probably one of the two or three best cities in the world to study in. So it was an incredible opportunity. And what it came down to was I actually left my job as a therapist and it just did not work out for me to take a six week leave of absence. And I did a lot of processing with my wife and my family and some close friends around me. And funny enough, even the my two bosses at my job suggested that I take this opportunity and leave working with them because it's not an opportunity that comes up very often where you can make something like this happen. And it was too special to pass up. So it ended up becoming something where I left my job to do this and I don't regret it at all. Wow. Okay, so once you made the decision, what were the next steps then? The two biggest things that I had to take care of as soon as possible were finding a place to stay and booking my flights, knowing that my wife and I had both established that I was going to try to do this on as tight of a budget as possible while still enjoying my experience. So I got my flights taken care of. And then that really started the search of where am I going to live and how am I going to book that? There are a lot of different ways to do it. There's looking for subleases on Craigslist. They have a few room rental websites in New York. And what I found to be the best option for me was actually Airbnb. I did a six-week rental. I shared a room 
with three awesome, incredible Brazilian people. And it was a four bedroom apartment and I rented out a small, small, small closet of a bedroom with no windows. But it was it was great. The roommates that I had were phenomenal. They made me feel at home. I stayed in Bushwick, which is in Brooklyn. It's a very, very cool up and coming neighborhood. It was very close to the subway. It was a a one shot on the subway all the way to my school, which is in Chelsea, Manhattan. And it was great. So my tickets, I think my round trip tickets cost about $350. And my six week rental was $1,400. So already we're at about, call it $5,300 at this point, maybe a little higher than that. And once I had those two things established, I felt far more at peace. At least I know I have a place to stay. I know where I'll be staying. My flights are booked. And then it was just the waiting process of the day of flying out. And I flew out the morning of July 4th. And to sort of set the stage of where this will go next, the first day in New York for me was interesting and intimidating and exciting all at the same time because I'm from Minnesota, grew up in Wisconsin. I had been to New York two times before, so I was familiar with the city, but I had never stayed there for six weeks, obviously. So I remember I flew by myself. I said goodbye to my wife at the airport, which was a sad goodbye, and got on the plane. And when I got off the plane into a taxi cab by myself, I remember thinking, oh my goodness, what am I doing here? I'm in New York by myself. I'm in Brooklyn by myself. I'd never been to Brooklyn. And I got out of the cab at my apartment and looking around, having that moment of, did I make a mistake? Can I do this? Those really the questions that I had floating around in my head. And it took a couple hours to feel comfortable. I walked in, said hi to my roommates and got some lunch. And I had an amazing first night because like I said, my roommates did a lot in the early two or three or four days to get me feeling comfortable because they had this 4th of July barbecue and there were fireworks and we were all on their rooftop. And I remember that night thinking, this was one of the best decisions I have ever made in my life. And being there felt like home in a weird way. I'd only been there for probably six or eight hours and it already felt like there's no other place that I need to be than right here. And that was the beginning of one of the most incredible experiences of my life. Wow. Okay, so let's move forward and talk about what your schedule was like at school and what classes you took and whatnot. So the program that I attended was the summer intensive program at the Atlantic Acting School, which is a subsidiary of the Atlantic Theater Company, which was founded by David Mamet and William H. Macy. And we had a really busy schedule. Monday through Friday was nine to five. That was classes every day. I think we had four or five classes a day with a rotating schedule. Every Saturday, we had a guest lecture come in. We had writers. We had directors come in. We had one or two actors come in. And what's funny about the program is that in the first week or two, and the professors will tell you this, that it feels really light. And what those first two weeks look like is everything revolves around your scenes. And you have scenes going rounds. And we do three rounds of scenes that get progressively longer. The first one is one minute. The second one is three to five minutes. And the last scene is five to 10 minutes. And you're with a partner or two partners if you're in the latter half of the scenes. But everything revolves around these scenes. And you're taking improv classes. You're taking movement classes, which is a mixture of yoga and spacing and body movement and how to use your body. You're taking vocal classes like breath support, which is 
something I had never studied before. And you realize how incredibly important it is to have good breath support as an actor. And having that training was huge. It was absolutely, it was a game changer for me in terms of not even realizing that I had a deficiency in something that I didn't even know existed. So that was amazing. And the two classes that primarily focused the most on the scenes were performance technique and script analysis. And that's where we did our scenes entirely out of plays. So those scenes were done primarily out of plays where you got with the scene partner and the professor give you recommendations, but you picked a scene. And as soon as you picked a scene, you started memorizing like crazy. And they gave you tips to memorize and ways to memorize. And you start memorizing these scenes and working on them. And so when you're dealing with one minute scenes, it feels very light. It goes by very quickly, but it's really your intro into the technique of practical aesthetics, which is what we studied. Again, a technique created and founded by William H. Macy and David Mamet. Practical aesthetics is a combination of quite a few different acting techniques that Macy and David Mamet took and combined into their own. And there's a strong, strong focus on being present in the moment of nothing is known what's going to happen. You never know how a scene is going to play out. You only know the words, you're as prepared as possible, and you are totally focused on the person in front of you. And it was this completely revolutionary thought and acting for me of, I don't know how I'm going to deliver a line until I'm in that moment. And once you get the ball rolling, a scene could take off however it will. And there's, there's an infinite number of ways for a scene to play out within the context of the play and the script. So it was really fascinating to start to taste that technique as the program progressed. Wow. So you were talking about your schedule and you said that the first two weeks were pretty light. Then what? Yeah. So what happens is in the first two weeks, you do your one minute scenes and you're thinking, oh my gosh, this is nothing. One minute, you know, I've got maybe 10 lines and then things switch and all of a sudden you start to get into you go from having a total of two minutes of scenes, you know, your first two, your first round is two scenes, one minute long for each, to all of a sudden going from two minutes per, of scenes to 10 minutes of scenes potentially. And in that second round of scenes, everything changes where you're required to start rehearsing at a significantly higher level and time commitment, you're memorizing so much more content. You're going, you're going from two minutes to 10. So all of a sudden your workload dramatically increases and you're invested so much more in these scenes because they're longer and you have a bit more of an understanding of a technique and you're required to have an analysis done for all of your scenes. And there's just more pressure because as the momentum builds in the program, you want to do well and you want to, you want to make your time on stage, if you will, in front of your class worth it. And, and just the pressure ups, people start dropping out of the program at this point, which is interesting. Really? Okay. We started with 70, I think 70 or 72 total students. And I think by the end of it, seven to 10 people had dropped out. Wow. Which when you start to hear about people dropping out, it becomes very real for you that, that is, it is hard and it is challenging. And, and you do have to be willing to put the work in. Do they just disappear? Like all of a sudden they just are no longer there? So ironically for me, I was fortunate enough to be in groups where nobody dropped out. I didn't have anybody drop out. But yeah, you hear about groups where all of a sudden people just stop showing up. And maybe they text one or two other person, people in the group and say, hey, I'm, I'm done. I'm leaving. And they just go home. 
The attendance policy at the Atlantic is incredibly strict. You have one or two misses per class. And if once that limit is done, you're not allowed to attend that class for the rest of the semester. They have a very strict door policy where, say, a class starts at 1.30. The professor will shut that door exactly at 1.30. And if you are one second late, they will not open it for you. Wow. Did you? And, it, and if you open a closed door, hell would rain down upon you by your professors. Nobody ever touched a closed door. Were you ever late to a class or did you ever miss a class? I was late to two classes, both due to subway reasons. Sometimes there are delays in subways. And I remember I was late to a class by about 10 seconds and the teacher closed the door in my face. I got to the door as she was closing it. And she said, you're late and shut the door. Damn. They're very serious and they, they take their jobs very seriously and they expect you to do the same. And you realize that it sets a precedent of hard work and this is real. This is not just we're having fun studying. It's people are investing thousands of dollars to be here and this is what it's like in the real world. You are required to establish a reputation of excellence and professionalism. Playtime's over. Playtime is very much over at the Atlantic. There, there's, there's so much room to have fun and explore within the context of professionalism. And part of the, one of the major first starts of that is showing up on time. If you can't do that, you will quickly find yourself out of a school. And did you like your professors? I mean, were your, were your professors cool? I did. And the professors at the Atlantic, all of the teachers, Anya, Cynthia, Francine, Jacqueline, Josh, Renee, there's a few more on that list, but they're the kind of people where if you give them everything you have, they will give you everything that they have. And they're so knowledgeable and such masters of what they teach. We had an improv teacher and a movement teacher and script analysis and performance technique and vocal instruction. They're all so skilled at what they do that if you open yourselves up to what they're offering in the, in the technique of practical aesthetics and being there for the summer, you will change as an actor. That is one thing I can promise everybody who goes to that school. If you are open to what they are teaching and you, you are really willing to receive it, you will change and grow as an actor, maybe in ways that you never thought possible. I don't know, but it was incredible. I cannot speak highly enough for the teaching staff at the school, and I would recommend them all over and over and over again. So for people who are considering going to an intensive, what advice do you have for them? What are some things that you wish you had known before you went? I think the biggest piece of information that I wish I would have known before going to the Atlantic was how much of importance it is to know plays, not films or television scripts, but to know plays because Almost all of these intensives in New York, the scenes that you do are chosen from plays, from very famous, well-known plays. But I'm not someone who went to drama school or studied drama in college. So I don't have a large library of plays that I know about. So one of the challenging things that I ran into was when it came time to choose scenes, I was sort of at the mercy of the knowledge of my scene partners in terms of what plays did they know, what plays did they like. And the problem that I ran into on a few occasions was ending up selecting scenes that I didn't really love. And what I quickly realized is there's an enormous difference between working on a scene or a project that you absolutely love 
versus something that's just kind of like, okay, yeah, this works. Let's choose it. And that scene from the normal heart, as soon as I read it, I knew I need to do this scene and ended up being my best memory from my time at the Atlantic. And the scenes that I, I sort of just got ushered into by my scene partners where we're like, yeah, this, this fits, let's just do it. They were good and they were fun, but they weren't, they weren't all that I'd hoped that they would be. So one piece of advice, if you do choose to go to an intensive, especially the Atlantic, is find plays, read plays, read the classics, read contemporary stuff, read the great works, and have stuff ready because it will make your life so much easier if you can come to this program ready to say, these are the scenes I would love to do, find somebody who's of a liked mind, and you will have an amazing experience because you'll be working on material that you are so excited for and you can't wait to see how your professors help you with it. That's the biggest thing that I wish I would have known is come ready, come with a selection, come with options of stuff that, that really ignites you, that fills you up. And if I would have done that, I think it would have taken an already amazing experience and upped it to the next level where I would have felt so confident and ready to perform this stuff because it charged me. It filled me up with so much excitement. And that's probably the number one thing I wish I would have known. Everything else, you kind of just learn on the fly. And some things you can't learn until you're there, no matter how many times you hear it. But this is one piece of advice I wish I would have heard. Did you have any time to have a social life? Did you want to have a social life? And if you did, would you have time? The easiest answer to that question is no. You really don't have time. In the first week, when things are light, sure, I'm sure you could go. You could go out a few times or explore the city. Luckily for me, I'd been there two times before, so I'd done a lot of the touristy stuff. But once things get going, you don't really have much time for anything else. In, in the second and third rounds of scenes, you're rehearsing almost every day. So you, you get to the program at around, say, 8.30 in the morning. You're not leaving the building till at least 6 o'clock. And then it's a, it's a subway ride home. Many nights I had, to, I had to go grocery shopping in Manhattan and take my groceries on the subway and go to Brooklyn. There were times where I would leave my house at, at 7.30 in the morning and I wouldn't get home till 8 o'clock at night. And those, those were incredible days. I'm not complaining at all about that. But there are some very long days and you just don't have time to go to go to the Statue of Liberty, to go hang out in Times Square for a whole day because you have work to do. You have rehearsals, you have scene partners that you have to be loyal to, you have to do reading and you're doing exercises and you're doing all of this stuff where the six weeks that you're studying are not six weeks of fun and tourism. There were a lot of people who would come early to New York or stay for an extra week to do that kind of stuff. But when you're there, no, your social life is essentially the people in your program. Hmm. Okay. So it sounds like you had an amazing time, but it also sounds like an incredibly challenging experience. Was it ever just like too much to bear? Honestly, no, it wasn't for me. I had been able to talk to someone who had been to the program before. So I had an idea that it was going to be intense. And for me, it was the first time in my life where I didn't study acting in college. I had never attended anything like a conservatory before. So it was the first time in my life where all I did every day was study acting. And it was a lot. It was a lot of work. It was a lot of reading and memorizing and rehearsing, especially in the second half of the program. But there's nothing better than feeling completely at home at a place like that. You're surrounded by people who love acting and want to grow and are 
you're, you're developing friendships and you're developing relationships with people. And it was a lot, but at no point did I ever think I can't do this. And I, and I really think that for the people who are serious about being there, everybody can handle it. It's just, you just have to put your nose down and realizing that you are getting to do what you love and people are there to teach you how to do it better and how to become a better actor, a better artist, more open as a person. So it is a lot. It's a demanding program, but I think it should be because the more I learn about what it takes to make a career in acting is that it's a very demanding prospect. This is not a stable career. This is not anything that has promises of success. And you have to continually work and work and work. And I think this was another reminder of that. What was the lowest point of your experience and what was the highest point? That's a great question. I think I had I had quite a few lows. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that all of my lows were very, very growth-oriented experiences. But I think probably the lowest I ever felt was in my first week. And it was in a class called Moment Lab, which ended up becoming one of, I think, the most helpful classes for me. And the entire class is dedicated to being present in the moment with the other actors in front of you, your other scene partners, and learning how to take the focus off of yourself and put it onto them. And at the same time, be as open as you possibly can. That maybe sounds a little weird, but for those who have taken the class or studied something like it, it makes a lot of sense. And we were doing an exercise called the I Feel exercise. And It's an exercise that's designed to get you completely out of your head to be able to react spontaneously and to start to be able to recognize how your body can respond to things that you don't even realize are going on. And it's where you sit across from another student and you both just take turns firing off. I feel nervous. I feel excited. I feel happy. I feel whatever. And for me, one of my problems, especially I found in all of my training and acting, but even in life, is that I overthink things all the time. I overthink situations I'm in in life. I overthink problems. I, I overthink acting. And I want so badly to succeed that I'm in my head. And I remember trying to do this exercise. And I, I so badly wanted to have an authentic experience where I would be like, I feel nervous. And then I feel sad. And then I feel happy. And I burst into laughing. And then I, then I start crying because you see some other people having these experiences. And I got up there with, my other, with this other student And basically, I realized that I couldn't get out of my head and I wasn't having that authentic, spontaneous response that I wanted. And I remember there was a point to to be to be honest and open. There was a point where I was so frustrated in the middle of the exercise. I basically slumped my head down. This is front of the whole class. I slumped my head down and said, I feel lost and it's killing me because I wasn't getting it. But I realized that I had, and and my classmates noticed that as soon as I said that, because our professor didn't just say, okay, yeah, you can get down. She's like, no, keep going. As soon as I said that, something opened up in me in my class, because when we all do a review, like, okay, what did you guys see? And all of my classmates said, as soon as you said that, something changed in you and you started to become, we all could see more truth in what you were saying. And What was so hard about that moment is because I so badly wanted to succeed and it was the first week and I saw people having these incredible experiences and I'm like, I want that. I want to taste that. And when I felt like it was my time, I felt like I failed and it crushed me. But what I realized is that was the beginning of me starting to open up more to myself, being present in the moment with myself. And it sucks. It sucks to fail. It sucks to fail in front of people. But 
What I also learned is that from those moments, you learn more than anything else, especially in a program like that, where you're studying and you're putting yourselves out there in these incredibly vulnerable situations. When you taste that kind of hurt and failure and disappointment in yourself, things could happen. So from the low came a very good high, but my highest moment, bar none, was in the second round of scenes. It was my five minute scene and I did it with a friend of mine that I had I'd come to become close with and we picked a scene from a play called The Normal Heart and it's written by Larry Kramer and it's about the AIDS outbreak in New York City in the gay population in the, in the 1980s and it's an incredible play. For people who are looking for a good place to read, The Normal Heart is something amazing and what I had been looking for from day one of the program was to have my moment where I shine in the technique of practical sex. I'd seen so many other people do it and they all come out of it like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that just happened. That was incredible. And I was craving my moment. And I started to become nervous that it wouldn't come. I just started doubting myself as an actor and doubting my capabilities to make this happen. And without trying to explain too much of how the technique and the rehearsal process works, when it came time for us to do our scene in front of our script analysis class, we did the scene once and my professor gave me really good feedback and then she made some tweaks and we did it again. And I think what happened, I will remember for the rest of my life because the way that I acted was more truthful, more honest, more believable, more real than I know anything I had ever done in my life before that. It was this moment of responding in ways that I, I had never understood the lines before. I didn't even think I could say the line. I didn't think it would make sense to say the lines that way. You start to understand the play. And I had this cliche moment that every actor had, but I had the most spontaneous tears I'd ever had in my life. All of a sudden I got hit with this wave of racking sobs. And again, for those of you who are actors, you can hopefully sympathize with me like, yes, that's the moment that you want. You want to have that moment where you just break down crying, but in, in a real way, not where you're forcing yourself to make yourself cry. And when that scene was done, I felt so much joy of, I can do this. I can take this technique, learn how to utilize it, and really grow as an actor. And it's possible for me to do the kind of work that I always hoped I would be able to do. And I remember for the next day or two days or three days, I was riding cloud nine, 10 and 11 off of that scene. It was so, it was such a gift to taste how effective and this sounds silly to say, but how, how practical the technique of practical aesthetics can be. And that was a moment that I will never forget because it was, it was the moment I'd always hoped I would have. And it was incredible. It was the best acting I've ever done in my life, and it showed me that, that I can do this. On this podcast, we're not just talking about this school. This is the only intensive that you can talk about because it's the only one you've ever been to, but this is really about intensives in general. Who is an intensive for and who is it not for? That's a phenomenal question. Intensives are a huge commitment. In some ways, they're a small commitment compared to say, going to the Atlantic's two- or three-year conservatory program or going to the Lee Strasberg Conservatory or going to NYU or Yale, whatever it is, six weeks pales in comparison to three years. However, it's a big commitment. It's one of the best decisions that I've ever made, but I will also say that intensives are not for everyone, and that's okay. There are some people where it's just not feasible 
to leave a job for six weeks. It's not feasible to leave a family or responsibilities or a spouse for six weeks. And I think that has to be okay. To be honest, a large portion of the population in this school, I think we had 70 students, were probably 18 to 23. I was a couple years older than the average student. We had a few students in their 30s and I think one student in her 40s. But it's a big commitment. It's a big financial commitment too. I think between the tuition and flights and my room and board and my subway fees and my meals every week, it probably ended up being $5,500 to $6,000, which is, again, that's not a small amount of money. And intensives are a spectacular way to grow as an actor. I think they're so effective. And there, there are many intensives in New York that I'm sure are very good. I've only attended one of them, so I can speak highly of that one. But if this is not a reality for you, that's okay. Because there are so many other ways. There are studios, there are seminars, there are now even things like the masterclass online where people do workshops on that. This is not the only way to receive higher education in acting, but it's what worked for me. And it was one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. But if someone told me, I just can't do it, then that's completely okay. And there are so many other avenues to achieve that level of training. You just have to find what works for you. Yeah. I was thinking about this earlier when you were speaking. One problem that I've had with some of the classes that I've taken is that the critique of what a student does is always great. It's always great, right? And that bothered me because when I watch somebody and they suck, let's not say they suck, they have a lot of work to do. And I have, maybe I suck too. I'm sure I've sucked a bunch of times in class too, but I want if the teacher says, wow, that was amazing. I really liked how you did this. Then I really can't take what they say about my performance truthfully. So I'm curious, what was it like? What were the critiques like at the school you went to? They were not all positive. I will most certainly say that. I'll offer this caveat because the professors were more than willing to call you out. They would stop your scene in the middle of it and say, that's a line reading. Do that again. That wasn't spoken from the spontaneity, from instinct. That was a line reading. Do it again. I'll go back to something that I said earlier about the professors. If you showed them that you were taking this seriously and you were giving this everything that you had, they would in turn give you everything that they had, right? However, oh man, if you were not memorized, luckily again, I've never had to experience any scene partners coming in not being memorized, but I heard stories of professors basically tearing other people apart if they didn't come into that to their scene prepared and memorized and ready to go. It just, it would not go well for you. They would not take it easy on you. They would not take it lightly because this is the real deal and they take what they do very seriously. So the critiques were very in the moment. They would stop a scene and say, what is your action? What is your as if? Again, those are things relative to the technique of practical aesthetics, but they were very in it with you. But again, if they could tell you had rehearsed, you were making choices, and you were ready for your scene, they would be willing to go knee deep in this scene with you and really figure out what does it take to make it good. And if it wasn't good, they would tell you. And if it wasn't good, you would know it based on their reaction. And again, I think that's part of what made it feel so real and so professional is this is not the feel good club. 
We are people dedicating a serious amount of time and money to become excellent at acting. And you're not going to accomplish that in six weeks, but you're putting yourself on the track to do that. And if you're not going to take it seriously, they're going to make sure that you know how pissed they are and how disappointed they are. So it was, it was high stakes if you weren't prepared. And if you were prepared, you were going to find yourself in a position where you're going to experience a lot of change and growth as an actor in the best ways possible. So it was not the feel good club. And I heard stories of people breaking down in tears because of the feedback they received in front of their entire class because they didn't do their work. They didn't, they didn't memorize, they didn't rehearse enough and they brought a shit show basically. And the professors made them know that they brought a shit show. It was as intense in that way as an intensive should be. Yeah. Yeah. We're friends and we talk a lot. So you know this, but I study with a, an acting coach when I have specific auditions or specific jobs and it's $200 an hour. And this guy does not fuck around. I mean, it is borderline abuse, <laughs> but in the best possible way. I mean, he, if you, if you do something that he has told you in the past to not do, I mean, he yells at you. Yeah, he yells at me. And you know what? I have booked more work with him than anybody else by far. By far. Acting is not for people with thin skin. Acting is not for people who come in with an ego or come in with an inability to take that constructive criticism. And I think you really have to ask yourself, am I ready for this? And if you are, then go for it dive in because whatever intensive you go to, like I said, I can only recommend the Atlantic because that's the one I've done, but whatever intensive or acting training you go to, walk in there feeling like you know nothing, but you're ready to learn everything. And if you can have that attitude and put in the work, you'll find that acting is something that's so amazing. And if you don't, that's on you. And I think that's what your acting coach is going to tell you. I think that's what the, the professors at the Atlantic are going to tell you is that this is your job to be prepared, and then your coaches will help you with everything else. Nelson, I want to thank you for being on this podcast. You interviewed me once. It's been a pleasure to interview you. I got one more question for you. You're a humble man, and I figured you were not going to say this on this call, but you told me right before, right before we started this recording that you just booked a acting job that how many people did they audition, did you say? They had 800 applicants, and they narrowed it down from there to about 180 actors, and then the callbacks got about 30, and I don't know how many they have officially booked, but I am one of them. I got the email this morning. It was really exciting. So let's not say what that job was, yeah. just because we don't know if we can or not, and it doesn't matter, but did you book that because of your time at the Atlantic Acting School? I firmly believe that every job that I book from the time that I landed back in Minnesota from New York for the rest of my life, the Atlantic will have a part in me booking it. The actor that I started out at in that program, July 5th, 2017, first day of class, to when I left, no comparison. No comparison in understanding, first off, of what it means to act and what it means to act well. And 
how to use my body, how to understand my body, how to be present, how to read and memorize scripts in a way that doesn't lock me into a certain performance, how to not play the emotion of the scene, but play the truth of the scene, who I was as an actor then versus who I am now. There is no comparison. And, and I want to be an actor that studies in some way for the rest of my life, because I truly feel that acting like many professions, you can never know it all. And there's always something to learn. But studying at the Atlantic Acting School, their summer intensive, I know has put me on such an accelerated path of getting to where I want to be that it's irreplaceable. And for those that have an opportunity to do it, that have an opportunity to do something like that program, I would encourage you to take the leap, take the risk, because it's a big commitment. It's a lot of money up front, but one of the conversations that I had with my wife, and it was a very similar conversation that you had with one of your interviewees on an episode, Bill Oberst Jr. He said something that inspired me a lot. He said, when you look back at the end of your life, you're not gonna look back and say, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. You're gonna say, I wish I would have taken that shot. I wish I would have taken that leap, that risk. And this for me was the start of doing that. And it, again, I've said it probably a few times today, one of the best decisions I have ever made in my life. And if you can make it happen and you're serious about acting and you really want to, to take a shot at making this work, man, what a great way to start. If you like this episode, please go to iTunes and give me a rating and review. I'm Lee Foster. Thanks for listening.